You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Study Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and uh, I'm super excited to have Eric McCall to speak with us about intent-based customer journeys. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm super excited because intent data as a category has blown up over the last 18 months. And I've I've been speaking with a few friends who have all issued RFPs for intent data. And there's like 35 different vendors that have come up in those RFPs. And then they're like scratching their heads trying to figure out like, how do I make sense of all this stuff? But maybe we can dive into that a little bit today. But before we go to there, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I started out um, about 12 years ago in the digital advertising space. Actually, it was 2010. It was tough to get a job. And I actually took an internship. I was like, I was, you know what? I've been an intern all through college. I'm just going to keep being an intern. And I got a job uh, at a digital uh, marketing agency called iProspect. But that uh, that really kind of changed changed the course for me in my career. And I was able to learn a ton about paid search and SEO and really like the, the core of, uh, I guess you could call that even intent. People like the, the most direct intent source is uh, yep. search marketing. Somebody's telling you exactly what they want. Um, but from there, I went on to uh, work at a small startup called Scripted. And I built out a marketing team there for about four years. Uh, was pretty successful. I ended up leaving that and moved over to Lyft, where they, for the first time, uh, decided to work and build out the um, corporate travel business, as well as their uh, senior transportation and um, you know non-emergency medical transportation business. Um, and that was a fantastic experience. And then from there, I left to go uh, to go travel in Australia. But before I did, I got in touch with Atlassian, uh, where they needed some help thinking about marketing automation and email nurture strategy. And I said, yeah, why not? I think I can do this from Australia. They are an Australian company after all. Um, but after a year of, of travels, I got back to the Bay Area. And yeah, I've been at Atlassian ever since. It's been four years. Lucky to have uh, an amazing team. Um, and we're focused on building out uh, end-to-end journeys for the, for the enterprise customers, um, as well as moving our customers to our cloud products. Fantastic. And it, it's uh, one of the things that at least was shared with me was that you have a habit of purchasing too many domain names. Are you one of those domain name millionaires? Is that where you are? <laughs> no, no, definitely. This is a negative ROI endeavor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not going well. I, I think that I have dreams of, of turning these what, these URLs into something big. And uh, I think I love to tinker with, with building out websites and, and have ideas of of different content ideas, but nothing's uh, nothing's come come to fruition yet. But I think one of these is going to hit. I think we'll get there. Hundred percent. I mean, you just don't know, right? Like that's so. So it's, it becomes a volume game, and then once everything starts hitting, it, you have like seven successes back to back, and then you're like, "Wow, 
when I started this, I had no idea that this would happen. Yeah, you never really remember how many you have until you get those like renewal emails. You're like, oh, wait, what? How how long have I been holding on to this? (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Let's talk about intent-based customer journeys. And I've spoken to a lot of people about the use of intent data. Some people rave about it. Some people don't. And me understanding data by my own journey it's all about how do you operationalize this, right? To extract the value. And and every time I get into a conversation where people say, well, I'm not seeing value, I'm not doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's not a surface level problem. It's actually a much, much bigger like plumbing problem. Uh, but that's my, my uh, uh, learnings. And so I would love to first understand why intent-based customer journeys to begin with. Yeah, I think that um, for, for us, uh, and the, the, the reason why I like intent-based nurture journeys and just journeys in general was, um, I mean, that's ultimately the, the crux of, of all marketing. I mean, all marketing is intent is basically intent-based journeys, um, whether or not you're thinking about it. And we're all trying to figure out signals of interest and, um, directionally, what is the best way for us to deliver content and to basically speak to that customer on what they're interested in. I think that, um, Intent data to me, there's a couple ways to to think about it. There's the third party intent signals that that we can talk about, and I think that's what you were mentioning. Your friends are are looking at uh, many different vendors out there, um, and that's basically thinking about how can we, you know, either target better and figure out you know accounts that are actually real time in that uh, in that space. But there's also uh, first party intent data signals that we we see all the time on our website. You know, people are are browsing different articles. They're browsing different web pages. They're going to different events. So there's there's intent signals everywhere. And I think the way to Atlassian has been thinking about it is how do we combine that first party intent with the third party intent signals, um, and also ultimately just just build that out. But um, the other thing to think about of, of why I'm interested in this is that the products that we're selling actually take quite a long time to. To develop before they're they're purchased, and so there's a lot of different people involved, and it's actually quite a long journey. So I find that interesting, given that um, you can listen to these intent signals and create a you know three to six month customer journey through a series of, of content, and that's uh, that's I don't know, that's pretty interesting to me to actually have that enough you know that that timeline to to, to bring and educate your customers through that. So that's kind of what what was top of mind for me, and why I wanted to talk about it with you. Fantastic. So let's dive into the mechanics of intent data. And it'd be great to, to since you have such a such a rich background in, I always see, I just feel like you actually saw the evolution of intent data happening because of the rich experiences that you've had in your past. Uh, but is that correct? I mean, I think that, it, like like I said, intent's kind of everywhere. I don't think I saw the 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 boom of intent today is probably bigger than I've seen it before in terms of how many companies are offering other intent signals and real-time intent signals based off of content that an account is consuming outside of your own properties. I think that's uh, bigger than ever. But yeah, I think from starting with search to to starting with a, a list of people that are looking at a topic, the concept is the same. How do you, how do you match and, and resonate that um, experience with what they're looking at. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
let's you know we can get into the mechanics uh, of that. Yeah, let's let's break it down. Let's 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 explain to people the different components of this so that they have a foundational understanding of of what this actually is, and so they can intelligently work it into their plans. Sure. So basically, uh, you want to reach new customers. Uh, I think that the intent-based services are offering you two two ways to look at it. One, from an account-based marketing perspective, you are trying to understand what accounts you should go after. What accounts should your sales teams be targeting for their outbound campaigns? Um, you know, what marketing advertising should you do? And basically try to find your addressable market. And so what these intent-based platforms are doing is they're saying, okay, let's come up with a topic, like a couple of keywords or, or core core subject matters, uh, subject matter that you're trying to sell. So for example, uh, we have a, an ITSM solution. Um, so what that means, you know, IT service management, you know, there's going to be topics there about all sorts of, all sorts of things. And what you're going to want to do is see which accounts would be looking and researching those topics. And then that's who you would target essentially versus the other way around. Um, people do target lists is, um, let me think of an industry. Let me think of uh, a geo. Let me think of other factors like um, revenue and company size. So there's all sorts of ways to come up with that target list. But this is basically another layer that will help you find those target lists in real time because they're actually in market. You know, that's what they're saying. These, these customers are in market, actively researching other companies like yours and researching other solutions. And so that's why they're, they're a better fit for you. Um, so that's one, that's one way that you could consider this intent, um, based software and, and, and lead lists. The other way that, that we look at it is we might already have a target list. So maybe you already have your specific account based, um, you know, these are a hundred accounts that I, I really want to focus on, or these are 500 accounts I really want us to focus on to win, um, the space. And what we want to do is we actually want to prioritize um, we want to prioritize when and how to, to market to them. And so then you have, it's kind of like a social media monitoring, I guess, back in the day they had that where they would, you know, listen for, you know, the B2C space, people that are, you know, writing posts about certain topics. It's kind of like that idea where you, you're listening for when those, when those accounts are actually in market and then you can um, bring them in. And I'd say the third aspect of it is, it's also not just the accounts, but the, like the context, right? You want to know who is actually doing the research. And so the way that we look at that is um, it's basically monitoring. And what I'm saying is uh, maybe to break it down even further for the audience is you don't, um, you're, you're paying for these sites that are listening to when uh, an account is on a third party uh, publisher site. So they're, um, they know that this account is, researching topics because there's a you know a gated network of content something like cio.com you know something like uh something like that where there's there's actually um owned owned uh data of who's looking at which content and then they're basically Uh marketing that to you um to get um but yeah going back to the contact list that's the that's kind of like the last component of it and what we're looking at is it actually can tell you which specific person at that account is doing that that research and you can get that information to your 
um, you know, email nurtures, you can outbound to them. And then, um, and then the other way that we do this is I think a more traditional way is the content syndication route. And so that's not necessarily, um, marketed as like intent data, but you know, what you're doing there is you can go out to any number of these content syndication networks. Um, tech target has it, um, you know, pure B2B, whatever these ones are. And what you're going to tell them is, Hey, here's a list of accounts and content or or titles or roles that I want to target. Here's the content and the subject matter that I'm going to be producing. And they will then basically repost that to their network and send you those leads of people who are downloading that or watching that webinar. And that that's intent too. You're, you're basically saying these customers have intent on this topic because they just, you know, they just read this blog post or read this white paper. So um, I think we're yeah. in common. It, it really feels like, like intent data is some sort of like digital engagement data, you know, um, because physical engagement data, somebody went to a trade show or something like that always gets captured in some sort of lead list. Right. But like, the properties that you own, like as you're saying, your websites and the digital properties that you own, and then the properties that you don't own, like the search engines, the content, the publishers like CMO.com or CI.com and those things, right? And then the digital events and all of that data are collectively, uh, the intelligence extracted from that is intent data. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, There's you're basically trying to maximize your, your first party uh, intense signals with your third yep. party intense signals. Um, absolutely. So one thing that you said was, was we are at a point in time where we can, we not only can know who the company was that was searching for, let's say Atlassian, but you can actually tell who the person is that was actually searching. And so can you elaborate a little bit on that? Cause I didn't know, I didn't know that for my own knowledge, but as you're saying it, it makes a lot of sense, but I, I would be, I would love to learn more about it. Yeah, and I think I think the difference there is that not that they're searching for Atlassian, but that they're researching across these platforms or these these publisher websites. They're researching topics that are related to to solutions that Atlassian might sell. So they might be, you know, researching uh, team collaboration or digital yep. transformation or you know cloud security. You know, so we're we're putting in those topics, and um, we would be able to see which accounts are actively looking at those types of topics, but then through tools like Tech Target Priority Engine, I know uh, Bombora, a bunch of other websites are offering this. You would also be able to get um, a list of contacts at those domains that are in market, that are the right personas, that are the ones that are doing this research. I think that what's different about it is they. you have to keep in mind that this person hasn't actually interacted with any of Atlassian's content. They haven't actually interacted with any of you know your own content. So you can't approach them as having that level right. of awareness about your website. You just know that they're researching the, the, yeah. the theme. So you have to be careful about that and think about how to approach that. Yes. The responsibility of how you use this data in a respectful manner is actually very important. And we had, I forget the name of the analyst that was on our podcast, uh, in the show notes, I'll actually put it in there, uh, who actually talked about, you know, you can ask for all this data and you get it, 
but then how do you use it? There's a feeling and an emotion that's invoked on how you use this that is ingrained in the person who you're using this on. Um, that is really important to think about. And uh, and I've made this mistake. I'm sure other people have made this mistake that you take this as a silver bullet and you're like 500 salespeople, go talk to all of these people. Mm-hmm. And it just scares people. And, and the example that I tell people is when you share your calendar with Google and then Google tells you, hey, it's about 10 minutes drive for you to go pick up your daughter from your from her dance class. And then you think about like where that data potentially could go. It's a scary thing. And so that's why I never share anything, right? But then the responsibility is on like marketers and sellers and all of us go-to-market folks to actually create a trusted environment so that people believe and think, and it's proven by our actions that everything that we're using is not to better target them, but to actually better serve them so that we are not wasting their time. Because I'm sure like somebody like yourself gets hit up like maybe like at least 20 times a week for different products and services. But if you could get hit up only two times a week, I'm sure you'll take half an hour out for each vendor to like tell them what, what, uh, give them some time. Yeah. Well, and think about how many, how many of those, you know, uh, outreaches to your inbox are actually relevant to something that you're, you know, that you're caring about or even have a pain point about. I think that, you know, we go back and forth right now. We're in this transition with advertising where, you know, you have to opt in the cookies. You have to opt in to any sort of personalized experience. And, you know, what that's basically saying is there's like two sides to that. On one hand, I don't really want to get ads, but if I do get ads, isn't it better that the ad is relevant to perhaps actually what I am trying to find? I'm trying to, it's trying to answer something that I'm looking at um, versus something that's very, very generic or just not really applicable to me at all. And I think that you, you do touch on such a key point in that it's not about targeting. It's about, it's about answering that person's question. It's about saying, Hey, this person is trying to learn more about this topic as you, as a company and as a marketer, can you help them answer that question? Can you help provide value to them to basically answer those questions that this intent data is telling you? Um, if you can't, then it's not really, not really worth your time or valuable that customer to reach out to them. Um, and I think, you know, we'll get into like how to how to start that and how to build a, a journey from knowing that information. But um, and it, you know, you kind of go back to also just like the, the personalization aspect of it, even with marketing automation platforms today, you know, we're cooking a user through Marketo or Pardot or HubSpot. You know what pages they've gone to. You know what, um, you know, they, you know what they went to an event. I think. It's how do you how do you let them know that you know that is kind of an interesting concept to say, hey, I noticed you went to this specific blog post and then you went to our pricing page. Do you want to talk about our uh, our solutions? You wouldn't really say that to somebody. You, you might say, you know, I think on a high level, you could say, hey, I noticed you're looking at our website. Even that could be kind of creepy to some people. Um, I think you need to think about how do you yep. how do you address that? I mean, if somebody went to an event, you would say, hey. I noticed you went to an event or, you, you know, how, how did it go? Do you have any questions about this webinar or this event? Um, yep. So it's all about that. 
Yeah. And, and, and actually, there's a digital journey. But let, let's actually talk about the pitfalls of, of Intendido first before we get into, like, if somebody's starting out, how do we use, uh, how, do they, how do they uh, use Intendido? Because I think I've, I would love to, like, discuss, like, the different experiences that you can create. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what do, you, uh, what, what, do you, what do you want to get into? So pitfalls of Intendido. Okay. Oh, the pitfalls. Yes, I would say that uh, we kind of touched upon it a little bit around um, just some of those uh, maybe perhaps poor practices when it comes to being responsible with that information. Uh, I'd say a a lazy salesperson would buy buy a list and then send it to their sales team and say, go go put them on an outbound campaign. That's not going to yield trust or help your brand or help your product. I would say that um, another pitfall, I think, is just thinking about um, those topics. Um, I think it's a really critical critical aspect of it. And so um, it's important that you have a – so it, it really what it's leading to is solution-based marketing. And so you have to think about how is your product or services actually addressing the broader solution or the broader market, um, not just talking about your features or how you're – your features help a customer. And so that's kind of a really important aspect as you build that out. Um, And then in terms of thinking about those topics, I think there's a number of ways that I would approach that. And um, it's, you know, thinking about what are the pain points your customers are looking at partnering with your product marketing team. If you're, if you're in demand gen and you're not as close to that messaging, definitely sit with your product marketers to think about um, what is the, the key pillars and messaging that they're going after uh, and then also just doing your own research based off of um, search topics, people that are finding your own website through search queries. I think all of that is probably a nice way to kind of get going. But um, yeah, I think pitfalls would be, yeah, don't send them all to the sales teams and uh, be diligent on how you mapping your your actual topics to your, to your broader solution and not just... Um, trying to go do a wide net and just try to assume that all of these topics are going to be relevant to your product. So let's talk about someone starting out with intent data. If you were to go and advise someone, and we have 7,000 people that listen to this podcast. And so um, I'm sure there's like multiple folks who would be starting out with intent data. So what would your advice be? Yeah, I think my advice would be, you know, how are you planning on using that intent data? We've, we've talked about a couple of different approaches if you're trying to use the data for uh, finding your in-market target list, that's a fantastic place to start. I think a lot of companies um, are trying to refine their targeting. And I would start there by um, initially coming up with that solution level um, core messaging house or core, core message house with your product marketers um, and think about, about those topics. So um you know, a lot of our topics have been uh, at a high level things like uh, for the ITSM side, it would be things like um, automation, um, incident management, um, you know, security, workflow modeling, these types of these types of uh, topics. And then do an exercise where you're mapping those topics into, you know, what is your what is your helpful stance? Not don't think about your product, but how can you provide value into that space? What is your unique perspective on that? And what are the, the pros and cons to some of those challenges? You know, talk, to, talk to your customers and figure out what are their questions about those subject matters or, and subject matter that you can address 
and really think about that. And that's where I would um, kind of start for that journey process, thinking about uh, addressing those questions early on and not until you get through those kind of couple of topics, maybe three or four um, pieces of content about that, then you can start to kind of introduce your own solutions and your own products and your own, um, you know, selling points and, and call to actions. And so that's kind of how I would start is coming up with that list um, and coming up with your content to map to being helpful. Then from there, I think you can do your your shopping around for your um, vendors. There's a number of vendors where, you know, personally we're using um, Tech Target. Priority Engine is sort of our main vendor at Atlassian and they, they've been fantastic. And, um, you know, basically talk with them, figure out a, a way to do a pilot test. Uh, make sure you have all of your your content ready to go. And, and operationally, there's, a, there's another whole aspect of that. Um, so just because you ha- just because you have the data doesn't mean you can actually take action on it. Just because yep. you you yep. can log That's into well a dashboard, yeah. Just because you can log into a dashboard and you can see it, like what do you? How are you going to get that information out? Um, is that going to be an automatic integration with your marketing service services? Or are you going to have to, you know, manually export that? Um, and there's an SLA to to this data. I mean, what you're paying for is real-time information to a degree. That's why they're charging you for this because there's somebody that's actually actively looking at that. So you, you want to try to react to that list in a timely manner. Otherwise, you know, you could just go out and find companies that are in this industry or companies that are in a certain cohort and not rely on this intent. So uh, making sure you have a timeliness to following up with those, those accounts is important. And I think between marketing and sales, that's another kind of core alignment there. So uh, we talked about like the topics, mapping that to your content. That's very much like the marketing side. Um, and then the, the third part is the operational side of how do you actually ingest that data? And then fourth would be um, rolling it out. So, you know, executing that through a marketing email nurture over a series of, let's call it four to eight weeks. And at the same time, you know, enabling your sales team so they know how to address those topics. How do they how do they provide value when those those types of students come up um, and make sure that that's that they're aware of this program that's going on um, so they can also kind of combine forces there. Yeah, I want, I'm going to reiterate something that you said at the beginning of this section is align the topics to your priorities as a business and work with your product marketing team. That is such a foundational topic. I'm glad you, uh, advice that I'm glad you said that because even in my own journey of understanding intent data, they're all keywords at the end of the day. And as marketers, we are trained on keywords and keyword management. And so if those keywords map to business priorities and those keywords then uh, also map to your core competencies as a company, that's what you want because, you know, finding product market fit or message market fit or, you know, aligning to the right types of customers that you want, which is what we all keep talking about, is actually a, a keyword game at the end of the day. And so if you holistically understand what your business is and you understand what your competencies, not your capabilities, but your competencies are, right, then align them to that and work with product marketing. So I'm really glad you said that. And I wanted to double down on on the on this piece of advice because there's so many people that miss that piece. Yeah, I mean, top of, yeah. And I think really what it is, is like top of funnel content is 
is hard sometimes. I think where when you're starting out, the, the like an easier way for product marketers to talk about their product is just to talk about the product, talk about right. what it does, and, and and they get so specific because typically in an early stage startup, that's kind of what you're trying to check off. You're trying to say, well, I need to tell people what it does, and I need to tell the sale, you know, the sales team what it does, and that's really what our lever is. But you forget that at a solution level, at a at a keyword level, at a curiosity level, that's not what people are searching for. And I think that background in and understanding SEO and understanding search marketing and paid search actually is a really, really good lever into coming into the, you know, customer journey side of it. And, you know, if somebody's searching for a type of keyword, Google will only allow you to like, obviously talk about that topic. You don't want to bring somebody in that's coming in from one topic and then all of a sudden sending them an email. It's, it's not really quite lined up. Like that's just going to be odd. And so I think before you before you invest in these services and before you invest in this data, like, do you have that content? Is it ready? And if it's not ready, how can you and your product marketing team turn that around um, to understand like that it will be ready? Because um, yeah, getting the timing right is important. You don't want to don't want to have that um, too quickly. I do want to give a shout out to my friend Charles Cernovich from Bombora. Uh, he was actually a year, or actually not even a year, but maybe two and a half years ago, uh, came out to to meet me in uh, uh, in San Jose, and we sat down, and he actually like educated me on what is this category of intent data, uh, and so rightly said what you just said is understand what all of these pieces are, and then like make a move on them. Yeah, because there's there's also like there's going to be different journeys for different uh inputs that you're getting your leads from right like if you had if somebody if you hosted a webinar and somebody went to that webinar that person's going to have a different that initial first email that you're going to send like that that outreach is going to be a different level of awareness a different level of topic um and that's that's its own journey if you have somebody that downloaded your content through content syndication that's also its own journey because they're they're on a third party site, but they're they're coming back through through your uh, marketing systems. And then third, you know, if you're using this third party intent signal, that's its own also its own nurture journey. You don't want to just get that information and put them back into the the journey or email flow that you did for your webinar because like all these all these customers have totally different levels of awareness of your product and your solution. And so that's that's just something to. To keep in mind, you can repurpose content. I don't want product marketers to get concerned that they have to like create net new content for all these things. And like, we're not asking that. We're just saying, you know, iterate or curate and think about this from a different lens and don't just put everybody into one, you know, early awareness nurture stage. Yeah, 100%. Okay, before we move to the next section of the podcast, I just want to recap. The two major users of intent data are either account discovery or account prioritization. Both of them have different workflows. So think about what it is that you want to to market around and what you're going to tell those accounts um, and map those accounts to business priorities and solution sets and work with very closely with your product marketing team. And then think about operationalizing the data in the systems because intent data has this concept of perishability around it. And if you don't use it well and in a respectful manner, you're actually going to spook the audience and 
then there's a brand uh, problem that you potentially can get into. Did I capture your advice, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. On. Yeah, right on. Perfect. We'll call this the Eric McCall certification in Ted Data. <laughs> <laughs> 101. Sign up now. <laughs> Great. All right. So uh, as we wrap up this podcast, uh, we always ask folks for a book, a blog, a newsletter, or a website that you would recommend that people go to, uh, to take action on this stuff or learn more. So what would that be? You know, I, I had to shout out to, uh, to Demandbase. They've been a, a fantastic resource for, for our team and for, for, for me getting um, signed up to their newsletter and their blog. I found their, their content, um, Super helpful. I know that they've been on a on a tear of, of new acquisitions to their products. I remember, um, you know, subscribing to the Engageo blog with John Miller, who's fantastic. Obviously, that's been rolled under demand base recently. Um, and then I think Tech Target and that blog is fantastic. I would I would go there to start um, learning about intent, learning about um, all sorts of different marketing topics as well. So those would be, those would be my top two. Fantastic. Um, we always do this in this podcast because this is how we grow the audience and uh, invite amazing people to the show. Um, who would be three other people in B2B go-to-market uh, or data science teams that you would recommend we invite to the show? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I, I love this question. I was thinking about um, people that I've worked with, people that I really respect. And I would say that, you know, J.D. Peterson, he is the basically leading the go-to-market, you know, revenue ops, revenue teams at Coltramp. Um, he's fantastic. He comes from a background um, of Zendesk and, and a startup with me. Um, I think he'd be, he'd be a great guest to, to teach and, and learn about all the things go-to-market. Um, on the data center side, data, sorry, data science side, Sam Rasmussen uh, leads a team over at Stripe. And he's just uh, super smart, really, really understands that in his intersection of marketing and sales. And he has a great background, uh, worked at Atlassian uh, and worked at Box before that. And lastly, I would recommend uh, Ryan Buckley. He was the, uh, the former co-founder of Scripted uh, when I was there. And he's just uh, somebody who's super scrappy. Also, I think he might also have an addiction to buying domains as well. Uh, so I think he uh, he's always has a side project going on and is also teaching teaching courses as well to, to students on sales and go-to-market strategy and just a great guy. So those would be my, my, uh, my top three. Fantastic. And as we close the podcast out, I'm sure there's going to be people who will have questions for you. How can they be best connected with you? Yeah, hey, you can find me on LinkedIn. Send me a note. Uh, Eric McCall is, uh, is how you can find me. And you can also send me a, an email at any time. It's uh, emccall at Atlassian.com. And happy to, happy to chat. Perfect. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And best of luck in your journey. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.